0: Amen. <clears throat> Good, morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, hey, all right. Okay, so I would like to pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago. And um, you guys are looking at me like, uh, what, "What was it, a couple of weeks ago?" Uh, let me. Before I get to that, I, I, I so I want to tell you. So, having two services. Uh, it's real easy to fall into a form. That means what I mean by that is, if something happened first service, you can fall into the form of it and go, "Oh, I bet it's going to happen second service." And we're, I'm finding that that doesn't happen. And the thing about it is is, I hate form. I, I did form. I did church that was nothing but form. I can't do it. No, where those emotions came from. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't do it. I can't do form. I can't. So... I wanted to tell you that I said this first service. I, because we're so prone to form, it's kind of like, just tell me what to do. Don't tell me who to meet with. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. I'll do it. Give me the formula. Give me the form. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. A plus B equals this. Just tell me tell me, tell me how long to read, tell me how long to pray, tell me, just give me the form. Can't do that because I will fall into the form and it will suck the life out of it. Next thing you know, I'm just doing a form. So I started out fasting, fasting became a form for me. I could do it in my sleep. I was like, whoa, what's going on? There's no life here anymore. What's going on? So I stopped pay attention to form pay attention to the form it's it's just there's no life in form you're looking for life that's what you're looking for so i realized that because of this i'm prone to formulas i realized that somehow i have followed a formula that looks something like this if i do then he will like, huh, if I, and I'm not saying there's truth in that. There's, there's absolute truth in that. It's not the whole truth. If I do, then he will. Conversely, if I don't, then he won't. It's like, holy cow. What's the common denominator of this whole? Th- it's me. Now, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, there's no room for him to break in and be himself. I've had to, I have to do something in order for him to do that. Can I just tell you? You, we, are on a collision course with the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God looks like this. He says, I am faithful. Even if you're faithless, I am faithful. And it has everything to do with who he is not who I am so I am prophesying to you you are going to be run over by the faithfulness of God let me tell you let me tell you you are going to be run over when you are run over he's going to leave you undone you're going to be undone completely undone Because it's going to bust that whole equation out of the water. If I don't, then he won't. Boom! That is going. It's an affront to the cross, it's an affront to who he is. It's an affront. He is stepping back in. He will have preeminence. He will have all the glory, all the worship, all the authority. He will have it all, all, all. We will be undone, undone. (sighs) 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 Need to hold on we're going somewhere. You need to hold on. I don't mean that like stop doing what you're doing. I don't mean that like that. Hold on. So with that, what I want to do is I want to go back two weeks ago and grab what we looked at and bring it forward. Okay? Because we're headed somewhere. The Lord, let me just put this up here. If you remember, been talking about this one verse, Matthew twenty-two, twenty-nine. 29. Very kindly, very kindly, the Lord confronted the Sadducees who were trying to trick him. And they ask him this hypothetical math equation. <laughs> Let's just say uh, you got married and then uh, he died and then <laughs> she got married again and then that brother died and then that brother, and there's like times seven. <laughs> At the end of the age, whose wife is she? And Jesus was like, oh, aren't you cute? He goes, oh, your mistake is you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. It's like, ah, if you knew the scriptures, you wouldn't have said that. If you knew the power of God, you wouldn't have said that. Remember, he said, God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So obviously, you've made a mistake. So bring that fast forward. I think, church, that we fall into this category a bit. We don't know the scriptures. And we don't know the power of God. Here's a good thing. This is an invitation. He is inviting us in. What he is saying is, there is an experience with the scriptures that you've not experienced yet. There is an experience with the power of God that you've not experienced yet. My bride is going to have both. Don't know why there's a dichotomy in the church, I have no idea. It's either or. I don't understand, I don't know what happened. But he is saying, I am bringing these two together. Bringing these two together. My people will know the scriptures and they will know, they will demonstrate the power of God. So, that's where we're headed with that reading in acts 5 Acts 5, it's, 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 at the, it's, it's not the pinnacle of, of the revival that had happened on the day of Pentecost. It's probably five years into it. But you read all this stuff that's happening. Two people lied to the Holy Spirit. They dropped dead. People were in awe. Next thing you know, the apostles uh, got locked up in prison by the religious sect of the day. And they're in prison. And the Lord sends an angel to them to bust them out. So the, so the angel comes and he opens the door and he gives them this message. Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. The whole message of this life. Huh, wow, that's interesting because what that is inferring is that there is a part of a message Of this life. Life is capitalized. That means it's deified. It's referring to Jesus. The whole message of this life. Whoa. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to begin to address over the next few weeks. The whole message of this life. The whole message. Might be, I don't know why I said weeks. It's, the next eons, the whole message of this life. So I believe that for most of us, we've been familiar with the part of the message. I was brought up on a part of the message. Didn't realize there's a whole nother leg that we're gonna get into. I was like, what? Had no idea. we're gonna get into it. So one other thing I wanna pull from a couple of weeks ago this verse, this is an amazing verse. Guys, if you had one of those programs where we can read the different translations, read the different translations of this verse. This, oh, it, it's, it's beautiful. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and loving kindness and truth go before your face. That's a the, the New Living Translation said, unfailing love, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. It's like, whoa. So let's just take this. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. I had this chair set up and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Are you guys the ones that were here a couple of weeks ago remember the chair? Yeah. Okay, great, awesome. <laughs> so, the foundation of this chair is the legs. On his throne, the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. He sits on that. The reference about righteousness and justice being the foundation, it's referencing the government. His government sits On righteousness and justice. So when we're talking about justice, justice is the administering of deserved punishment or reward. To bring to justice is to cause to come before a court for trial or to receive a punishment for one's misdeeds. So that did not sound too happy, but we're, we're, just stay with me. So this is the foundation of his throne. It's the foundation of his government. In other words, he's bound, if you would, by this government. He has to uphold this government. So when you look at it in this context, now all of a sudden the fall of man there must be something more behind the fall of man than just someone that took a bite and realized they were naked must be something more to that righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne The, the, the issue is is that the justice of God demands blood that's the thing There is no gray. There is no, it demands blood. That's the justice of God. So that means that when Adam and Eve took that bite and realized that they were naked, what had happened was, that, that might be why God told them, on the day that you eat this, you will surely die. Because of righteousness and justice. It's set up. So in order for Adam and Eve to be forgiven or pardoned or however you want to term it, something had to die. So we looked at that because we saw that uh, uh, God, when he, when he covered their nakedness, he covered them with the skin of an animal. The animal died. There it was right there. So God had to find a way to meet with man. In Exodus 25, he had told Moses, Moses, come away, come up to the mountain and I want to talk to you there. And so Moses goes, and when he goes, the mountain goes, and it's on fire. And so all of Israel is watching. One million plus people are watching this thing happen. And Moses, well, he just walked right in there, didn't he? They're they're like, what? And so Moses is is inside this furnace, if, if you would, untouched, and he sits there for six days, That's a long time. That's a long time to wait. And all of a sudden, on the seventh day, the Lord called to him. And the thing that was interesting was the Lord called him because he said, Hey, I want you to build me a sanctuary where I can come and meet with man can come there and meet. And so he gives them the dimensions and he gives them the, the layout and he gives them all the material and all the colors and all the skins and all the stuff. 50 rings on this side, 50 rings on this side and we're all reading through scripture going, good night. When is this ever going to end? <laughs> but it was all precise. It was all for a reason. It was all, it was a, an exact replica of what was in heaven. It was exact And he says, there, I will meet you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover. From there, I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. What? You own the entire world. The earth is the Lord's and all that it contains. All of it. He owns everything. And you're going to tell me, and he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all with all knowledge. And why in the world is he saying, I will meet you there? I will meet you there. There must be something about there that he will meet us. And we realize that the there is the place where the blood was shed. Not just that the blood was shed, there was an exchange that happened. The life of the innocent is is an exchange for the life of the guilty. And he said, I will meet you there. So, we're still in review. So, here's the thing. I had always understood that in the relationship between God and man, man fail, fell and stepped away. And God, in his mercy, was trying to make a way for us to come back to him. It wasn't until recently till I saw it from a different perspective. The blood provided a way for us to come back to him it also provided a way for him to get to us. Because of this government, righteousness and justice, in a way, he was bound by his own government. And because of the righteousness and the justice, he couldn't reach through. And the blood provided a place, a way, for him to get to me. For the first time, I saw a loving father trying to get back to his kids. And he couldn't get back to his kids because of the government that he had set up. And he found a way. He found a way. It's from the place of the atonement. I can get to you now. Oh, so that was review <laughs> so if you have your Bible I'd like for you to turn to the book of Luke because I want us to look at another facet of the whole message of this life Luke chapter four. I'm going to start reading in verse 14. Says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit. He had been fasting. He'd been tempted by the devil, returned to the, to Galilee in the power of the spirit and the news about him spread through all this surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to, to Nazareth, Nazareth, where he was brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Huh? Jesus went to church. As was his custom. Just saying. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. I wanna stop there. For a second and just break this down. He's saying that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me for a purpose, to preach the gospel to the poor, not just the ones who are monetarily poor, but those who are in a poor state in life. They're living poorly. They, live, they are living well under the standard of life that the creator had originally intended for his creation to live with. They're poor in health. They're poor in disposition. They're poor in their outlook on life. They're poor. They're without a future. They're without of hope. He has anointed me to proclaim release to those captives that have been imprisoned by the devil. He's anointed me to bring recovery of sight to those who can't see. They're blind. To free those who are oppressed. From what? From the consequences of sin. Remember when uh, the, the, the men let the paralytic down through the roof of the house and Jesus looked at them, he saw their faith and he looked at them and what did he say? son, your sins are forgiven. What? He was freeing him from the consequences of sin. So he's reading this and it says, and he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue, everyone in the church, The eyes of all in the church were fixed on him. Why? Next verse says, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The scripture reference that he read was Isaiah 61. The reason that everyone's eyes were fixed on him, maybe it was something like, they were trying to put into words, I'm gonna actually define this, but maybe there was something like, when he spoke, there was, he spoke like someone other than. Someone other than was reading a passage about another Other than, but he was reading about himself. And they're they're trying to put this into context. So Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to do all of that. And then he says, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. What is that exactly? The favorable year of the Lord is in reference to the Old Testament term and event called the year of Jubilee. The favorable year of the Lord is called the year of Jubilee. What is the year of Jubilee? I'm glad you asked. Leviticus, if you have your Bibles, Leviticus chapter 25 it says, And you shall count off seven Sabbaths of years for yourself. Seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you 49 years. Long way to say every 49 years. 49 years on the 50th year. Verse 10 says, you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you and each of you shall return to his possession and each of you shall return to his family. We're going to look at this. 50th year, it's a year of Jubilee, is referred to as the favorable year of the Lord. This favorable year of the Lord began with a proclamation. Throughout the whole nation, it was announced and the pronouncement was, liberty to all. In this favorable year of the Lord, everyone shall return to his possession that which was lost. What that means is that there are those, there were those who had to sell their land in order to make ends meet. They had to sell themselves into slavery in order to make ends meet. They had to sell their property because of debt, because of a debt that they could not pay. And this year, the year of Jubilee, the favorable year of the Lord, it was a national reset day. Everything was reset. It was a day of canceled debts, a restoration of all, of all that was lost. Each person was returned to them their possession. The favorable year of the Lord, it was the year of Jubilee. I skipped over a verse on purpose so that you could see this verse, verse nine. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. On the day of atonement is when this was set into effect. The year of Jubilee did not go into effect on January the 1st. Just another on a different time. It wasn't even in February. It was the seventh month, the 10th day of the seventh month. There was a proclamation. Liberty! All that was lost was returned to its owner. People could return to their family in this year. All that was lost, think about it. Your great grandfather, 49 years ago, could have made a decision that had nothing to do with you. You weren't even on the earth yet, that affected you and brought you into slavery, brought you into an oppression. He made a decision. You are suffering with the oppression of that decision. There's no way out until that debt is paid. And on this day, there's a national reset day. Boom, the debt is paid. Liberty. So we want to get to, because I want to pull something. Why? were all of the eyes of the ones in the church fixated on him. Turn in your Bible real quick. Revelation chapter one. Verse nine. Pay attention to this right here. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which were in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Listen, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like that of a trumpet. Saying, Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. The reason that everyone's eyes was on Jesus is because the trumpet of the Jubilee was sounding. He is the trumpet of Jubilee. He is saying to them, today in your hearing, this is fulfilled. I am the atonement. I am the one who satisfies the wrath of God on your behalf. I am the one who's restoring all things. Everything that was lost in your family line, I am here to restore everything that was lost. It is me. I am the atonement. The reason that their eyes were fixated on this one is they were hearing the voice of eternity speaking through this man who was standing before them. And the one that this man is reading about is himself. and all of heaven is supporting his message. They were vibrating. They didn't know what on earth is going on. It's being fulfilled today in your hearing. The echoes of eternity were resounding that day. That was a powerful day in the church. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The oppressed will be set free and the time of the Lord's favor has come. He was announcing the beginning of not the day but the age of jubilee. It's the age of jubilee. Scripture talks about by that one sacrifice, everything, everything, everything was reset by that one sacrifice. The one who was the atoning sacrifice was speaking on his behalf. It has happened. you can hear him speak referring back to that he told his disciples all authority has been given to me what was lost in the fall of man authority all authority has been given to me therefore i am sending you all of authority i am the one who has atoned for you. God says, I will meet you there. He is still meeting you there. It's in Jesus. He is meeting you in Jesus. All of the wrath, all of the wrath, everything that he had stored up, it's all been met there. We think that there is where we come back to God, but it's there. He comes to you. (laughs) There is no other way. There is no other way. So Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me there. All of Jesus' ministry on earth then demonstrated the very fact that that had been fulfilled. How do we know? The oppressed were set free. Remember the lady that was bent over for 18 years? In Luke 13, let me read this to you. In Luke 13, listen to what he says. As he was teaching in one of the synagogues, verse 10 on the Sabbath, there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit and she was bent double and could not straighten up. When Jesus saw her, uh, he called her over and said to her, "Woman, you are freed, or you are loosed from your sickness and he laid hands on her and immediately she she was made erect and again began glorifying God and then they, the 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 Pharisees came in and tried to go, Why what are you doing doing something like this on the Sabbath?" And he says, you hypocrite, would not each one of you untie his donkey or his ox from the stall and lead him away to water? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, listen, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years. He was referring back to Isaiah 61. Set the captives free. Remember, the atonement is what makes us right with God. It's what makes you right with God. It's what makes me right with God. One last I'd like for us to look at is in Job. The book of Job, chapter 33, verse 23. This is one of Job's friends who, even though he was Off, really, on his motive. Kind of hit the bullseye on this one. It says, God's voice may be heard if there is for the hearer a messenger or an angel, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to show to man what is right for him, how to be upright and in right standing with God. Then, God is gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down into the pit of destruction. I have found a ransom and atonement. Do you remember this verse? Psalms 103. Remember this? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, I have found an atonement. I can redeem your life from the pit. I have found an atonement. it says in the next verse, let their flesh be renewed like a child's. Let them be restored as in the days of their youth. Then that person can pray to God and find favor with him. Why? I have found an atonement. They will see God's face and shout for joy and he will restore them to full well-being. Come, come, to restore that which was lost, it's the year of jubilee. It's the age of jubilee. The atoning one has atoned for you. So what do we do? You just believe. These are the works that we're to do, to believe on the one that God has sent. Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Father, I, I ask as we are seated and standing before you right now, I ask by the mercies of the living God that you would supernaturally infuse this message into our spirits, into our hearts. I, Father, forbid the spiritual birds of the air from coming and trying to steal the seed that's being deposited. I literally think that the Lord is here to make good on his word if i don't know how to do this if there is a place in your life where you are suffering from an oppression a depression if you need healing in your body a restoration a refreshing it is all found in him it is all found all found in him Whew. father before we move on to anything else lord thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you jesus Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We're not trying to conjure anything up, Lord. We are trying to connect. We say thank you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We receive. I receive. In the name of Jesus. Every place where you are bound in the name of Jesus, I cancel those chains. We cancel those chains in the name of Jesus. Every place in your life where you are bound, we cancel, we cancel out words, we cancel out decisions, we cancel out uh, consequences. We cancel, 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 cancel. Liberty! 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 Cancel, cancel, cancel. It's canceled, it's canceled. Debt's been paid. It's canceled, 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 canceled. Everything that needs to be set aright, be set aright in Jesus' name. Only, only by the blood of Jesus. Only, only through the name of Jesus, Father. Only through that. There is no one beside him. There is no one before him. There is no one beside behind him. You, you alone, you alone, you alone, you alone are worthy to be praised. You alone, as your children, we invoke that name in the name of Jesus. Everything that needs to come off, come off in Jesus' name. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. It has nothing to do with us. Nothing. It's your faithfulness. You are faithful. You, you alone, you. Speak freedom in the name of Jesus freedom. You are loosed. 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 loosed. That mental kaleidoscope that you're in that no matter which way you turn, it points back to you, either being at fault or whatever. We smash that in the name of Jesus. We smash that in the name of Jesus. May you see the son of the living God, the one who purchased you from that pit. May you see him. The whole message of this life. The whole message of Jesus, the whole message. May the whole message of his life be revealed to us, be revealed to you, be revealed to me. The whole message. I know what day it is. It just feels right that we just don't don't venture out. give him, we give you this space, Lord. This space of adoration. This, we lean into this awe. It's the awe of the Lord. This is the awe. Allow your spirit to vibrate. When he walks into the room, everything changes. search you. Say, would you search me, Lord? Would you search me? Allow him to search you. He's wanting to turn on the things that have been turned off in your life. He's wanting to turn them on. The places, the dark rooms. Just speak in your the, the dark rooms of your soul, the dark rooms of your mind. I say, let there be light in Jesus' name. there be light. I was reading this morning in John 1, 5. It says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shines. It's present tense. The darkness did not. Past tense. Allow the light to shine. hand over to him what you know you're supposed to hand over to him. four living creatures each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within and day and night they do not cease to say holy 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 is the lord god the almighty who was and who is and who is to come holy 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 is the lord god the almighty who was who is and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. When the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, Sits on the throne to him who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created Lord we say to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory In scripture, that the earth is the Lord and and all it contains, He owns everything. But one thing He does not own He does not own your response until you give it to Him. Doing nothing is a response. doesn't have your response, our response, my response, until we give it to him. We love you. We love you.